0: Hundred years, we played your game and built your wealth. Next on a map with a paykeep in it, just a stuck city. Murderous choco cops still earning 11 Funny house, all say money
1: don't matter. That's rich now in it. Get it comedy, try to sell packets, supposed to get food, get killed. It's not an anomaly. Hey, it's a man.
2: And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy F. The Police Shepherd, and this is.
3: Mitchell Manley, open arms, open ears.
2: <laughs> See, you're you're much nicer this time. But I did say F instead of the full <laughs> yeah. cursory. I'm trying we're gonna slowly ease into um the cursing into the show. Um this was I think yeah. yeah. Uh this was I think we had to figure it out. Because last week we recorded um well, we came up with the topic before uh George Floyd was murdered and then You know, I kind of dragged my heels and yeah. Um,
3: We had that iced tea covering a black flag song about cops. And uh, I think that also kind of kicked us in the pants to say, hey, well, this actually ended up being pretty uh, relevant. So why don't we do an episode next week? And we'll really lean into uh, the the more political things that I think we should we should try to have a little bit of voice on and, and put some time to, you know.
2: Yeah. As much as we don't cover um current events, usually, and what, <laughs> this sounds so stupid, uh, politics, which I don't think that this is a matter of politics. This is a matter of right and wrong. Right. Um, you know, uh, I think it's important for people to know where we stand if they didn't know already, um, because it's important. It's very important. And I guess the theme, uh, you're calling this songs of hope, protest and discontent?
3: Yeah, I figured that, you know, we, we had done songs of protest before, and I think you had maybe even done protest songs way early on.
2: In 2016. So
3: I, <laughs> yeah, so I really wanted to, to broaden it out a little bit so we didn't, you know, repeat ourselves, but I also think that there's more than just songs of, of anger and protest that can be useful right now. I think, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the more positive songs about uniting and things like that are very important as long as they're taken with the right grain of salt of we need to be uniting with the right people and we need to, to be, you know, taking on voices that are trying to to subjugate black voices and things like that. So, you know, there really is a huge range of of songs that I think are useful for a time like this. And, and as important as protest songs are and, and songs about, you know, disestablishing the police departments, you know, I think we also do need to hear some hope and, and things like that occasionally too to kind of, keep the spirits up so we can keep fighting you know
2: yeah i agree with that um what is the song you're going to open the show up with
3: i'm going to start us off with Antibalas afrobeat orchestra and their song who is this america
1: oh, oh, yeah. in him makey house I'll just eat him, eat him, burger. Oh, him to buy him Nike. Him who watching TV. Oh, I grow confused. Oh, I must ask again. Who is this America? Let's pick up today. Tell me. Who is this America? Let's pick up today. Is it indigenous America? One that first come live here. It's him, original America, whoa. Oh. Him live for peace and harmonio. Before immigration started. Before immigration started, whoa. Oh. Here comes the Spanish. Here comes the Dutchman. Here comes the English. Here comes the Frenchman. Here comes the Frenchman. So yeah, this is an old classic, but it's
3: long been one of my favorite political songs during the Trump administration. because Trump ran on this platform of like making America great again. And and this song kind of hit the ball back and says, so, so who is this America you're trying to improve? You know, is it corporate America robbing and exploiting American workers? Is it the America that, you know, eats McDonald's and buys the newest pair of Nikes every year? Or is it, you know, the indigenous Americans who were murdered in mass numbers and, and forced to evacuate their own land? Is it, you know, any, any number of the Spanish, Dutch English-French immigrants who came over with no need for a green card, no need for papers. You know, is that the America we're trying to make great again? You know, the, the same America that brought over smallpox and other diseases that eradicated entire communities and natives and, you know, brought guns and land rights and prisons. You know, is that who we're glorifying, you know, or are we fighting for the black man, you know, who basically our economy was built on slavery and, and servitude on the, on the back of the black man? And so. This whole song is just a 12 minute song and they go through tons of marginalized groups and they settle on the obvious, which is the America that politicians talk about is white America. That's what they're in support of. And that's all that they're willing to fight for. And and that shit just simply has to change. you know.
2: Yeah. And I think that, you know, the whole make America great again is very like 1940s, um, you know, uh, was it Germany? I guess, you know, they're trying to, like, ethnically cleanse their whole country. Uh, right. And, you know, what I, I was going through some old podcast and history stuff, and it turns out that the eugenics movement actually was more started in America. And Hitler was like, hey, look at this eugenics thing that America is talking about. And so a lot of, like, the Holocaust is built off of ideas that came from America, which is, like, kind of messed up. No, um definitely. But yeah, this song tackles so much. And I just read like a Pitchfork article comparing Antibalas to uh, Fela Kuti And I learned that this, of course, this is Afrobeat. it's so in the name of the band. But also it's like somewhat scathing review uh, of what exactly is this America. Um, it's references to the imperialistic cultures that forcibly took over black cultures and then oppressed. Uh, white is America. So like, yeah, even though we sit in our living rooms watching blackish and enjoying art by black americans or uh black people and people of color from all over the world indigenous people uh we're just like systematically oppressing them so it's just you know we oppress the people and their art yet we'll copy them and the next thing you know you have like white people twerking on tv and it's only acceptable if white people are doing it so yeah, so I'm. I look. I'm having a lot of feels this week, and I think part of the uh, part of the talk needs to be about how, you know, we have to confront our white privilege, and that's not comfortable, but it's something we have to confront. And it's part of the problem is like if all these people are privileged and don't see the problem because it's not affecting them, the you know, we need to step back and realize that we're building our lives off of uh, people who are being systematically oppressed. But also, yeah, also pretty good jam. I'm just gonna say that this it's is a, a very, good, jam. good jam. Yeah, it it really reminds me of some stuff my dad used to play when I was a kid. If I could remember like the the band names, but I can't. That's that's terrible. Um, I uh, I went with I think more of a straightforward protest song. Uh, this week, I brought a uh, Hell You Tom Belt by Janelle Monet featuring Jadena and Wonderland Records.
0: Eric Carter, say his name. Eric Carter, say his name.
2: Of all, I actually want to thank the White Deuterinos from Jeremy and Brian Try to Podcast because they played this song last week on their show, and I have not gotten it out of my head. And it like makes me cry and also ponder. Uh, so many people question if the police are to blame for all of this, and like this list of names isn't even representative of the, of the amount of people that have been murdered by the police just because of the color of their skin and the fact that our overly militarized police have been taught to or believe choose to believe that just the color of a person's skin makes them dangerous um Janelle Monet also chose wisely in the style of this song. It's a call and response and a drum line. Uh, it's beautifully representative of black culture while calling out the atroc- atrocities that occur daily and almost unknowingly to the majority of Americans. Uh, there are many iterations of this song. And while I appreciate David Byrne playing it on his like Broadway show, it just isn't as genuine as this version of it.
3: Yeah. I mean, this version has that deeper level of, of, What's the word I'm looking for? Not anger, but just uh, righteous indignation. You know that these people are singing about it because they feel it in their bones. And David Byrne is doing it for a good reason and out of a good place in his heart. And I'm happy that he did it. But obviously, if you're talking about which one feels more real and which one. You know, really has that impact, it's definitely this one. Yeah. Uh, and it is such a moving tribute to all the folks that we've lost to police brutality and like racial violence, remembering them by name, refusing to let them become statistics, refusing to let their spirit and memory be lost in a sea of incidents that grows every day, refusing to allow us to forget that this has been going on for a long time. Uh, and unfortunately, as, as this song was released in 2015, we see that nothing has changed so far. And like you said, I think the drum line and the chanted vocals is perfect for something like this. Uh, It also makes that very stark. It makes the song very stark and solemn uh, with the drums just whipping us into movement and motion and filling us with the energy and the lack of melodic instruments kind of makes it feel very militant and political. Uh, The simplicity of the premise also allows people to use this same format in their own protests, remembering everyone listed in the song, but also adding in that growing list of black folks killed by police violence every year. So not only are they paying tribute to all the names listed in the song, but kind of providing a useful tool for protest and and memoriam and uh, helping some folks get some momentum.
2: Yeah, definitely. I just, it's a very, it's like a heartbreaking song and I feel like the vocal quality within it too is like... You know, you can feel the pain, especially, Mm -hmm. and it kind of whips, I guess, as you said, like, whips you up as you go through, and it becomes more emotional. So, it's a very, very good song. I think so. Uh, This week is special, because normally we only do Six Ear Buddies, but um, we kind of wanted to cover the uh, more, we wanted to cover more emotions and more, I guess, themes within this episode, so we, we decided to do nine and I thought that was very appropriate. Um, our first ear buddy this week is uh, Jeremy, who brings Bob Mold's American Crisis. says brand freaking new uh here's what you know what opening the song with screaming is just perfectly perfect it's like absolutely perfect because um this is covering our current American crisis which has spread overseas uh you know because there are peaceful protests in like England and France and all across the world kind of in solidarity of this issue we're having even during this like global pandemic that our government knew was coming with over a hundred thousand americans which have died most of which were marginalized people who were most affected who have also been systemically oppressed uh the people who have been oppressed and with systemic racism are the ones who are more likely to have these serious complications and die and that just goes into their health disparities so yeah huh you know I am I wish that this had been more of a topic before we watched another black man be murdered in the street by a police officer. It was long overdue.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, Bob Mould is a singer and guitar player best known as the front man for Husker Du, uh, who was a super seminal alt-rock post-punk band in the 80s. And he and his bandmates had a front row seat for the Reagan era. And as a punk band, they had a lot to say about that. Uh, and he's been doing other bands and solo stuff all the way up till now, and, and so in, in this song, as Jeremy said, is brand freaking new. Uh, he starts out with the line, I never thought I'd see this bullshit again. To come of age in the 80s was bad enough. So obviously he's seeing a lot of stuff now that, that he thought, you know, we were past as a nation and it's all coming back again. And he talks about people dying in the streets of hunger and poverty every day while evangelical preachers get rich off the prosperity gospel, you know, telling you that if you believe hard enough or sacrifice for God, that you'll be rich. And and to tie all that more directly into the theme, like it's bad enough to get political, but kind of to take a stab at religion while we're at it churches are supposed to be helping people and sure some do but the most successful ministries that can make the biggest difference not only line the preacher's pockets instead but also consider that churches pay no taxes so they aren't even benefiting the social programs designed to help the disadvantaged people in that way either so bob mold's like planting a big red flag saying hey y'all i've seen this shit before and and we're looking at a steep drop if we don't pump the brakes Definitely a meth- a message worth spreading to as many like minded folks as we can.
2: Yeah, I also just gotta say, like the screaming at the beginning really just like encapsulated a lot of how I was feeling lately this past week. Just like yeah. screaming because we've watched this
3: yell into the void.
2: Yeah, like we've watched all of this happen so many times before, and stuff hasn't changed. So maybe it hopefully. Hopefully, it seems like stuff's changing because Minneapolis is still saying, like, it's just like, you know what? This police department, don't think we need them. So, that's at least one good thing that's happened uh, in the past couple of weeks. And hopefully, we'll see more, like, advances that will stop, that will finally stop this problem, at least in these in the police department, and the police brutality across the nation. Um our next year, buddy, is Charlie, who brings parquet courts violence.
1: Why do folk songs about ATM machines that produce the likeness of the blaze of the trail of tears? Issuing overdraft fees from beyond the grave, raising TV shows in an-
3: a shame that the lyrics go by so quickly and so manically that you know without a lyric sheet you're only going to catch some of this because there's so many beautiful and poignant lines here that'll just blow right past you you know uh the opening lines violence is the fruit of unreached understanding the that flowers from the lips of scoundrels so he's essentially talking about how a lack of understanding and compassion is so often the root of violence you know the police are disproportionately violent towards black men because they refuse to acknowledge or empathize with the reality that the average black citizen has lived every single day, you know. And also hints at why it's so easy for people, even on the right side of these issues, to feel the need to resort to violence. You know, when you've spent the last century or more fighting to be treated like a human, and the country where you live doesn't seem to care, and all your peaceful pleas fall on deaf ears... It's kind of easy to understand why people are angry and and want to react violently, especially considering they've spent their lives as victims of state violence. And, And I want to read another part that's especially relevant to today. He says, Riot is an unfinished grave that was dug to deposit undepleted anger, like barrels of uranium leaking into something sacred. It is a word to use to delegitimize your unrest and to make your resistance into an overreaction. So, so this came out two years ago and already we're seeing manifestations of this sort of thinking where people in power want to delegitimize the Black Lives Matter movement. So police are intentionally like planting bricks near buildings to coax angry people into overreacting or simply coaxing them with their words and taunts and intimidation, just waiting for protesters to get too close so they can start doling out tear gas and rubber bullets and attempt to delegitimize a focused and peaceful movement. Uh, And that's been happening so much in the recent protests where, you know, news reports uh, are are talking about these outlier cases of broken windows or violent attacks and attributes that to a movement that renounces that behavior and on the whole does not engage in that behavior at all. And that's it's not right. You know, just delegitimizing a movement. Definitely something that we see today.
2: Oh, yeah. And like any time I think I saw like a protest sign that said um, what, like the police can act on a was it um, just intuition yet our calm like a calm person has to stay calm with a gun facing their in their face right. uh, or they will get murdered. So I mean yeah, that's the thing is like unless you're absolutely perfect in your protest. and a lot I said, like a lot of this violence has actually started from the side of the police who just start pepper spraying or shooting rubber bullets at people. And then we did see a 75 year old man who was shoved down and start bleeding in the street by police officers and then we're being gaslit by the president into pretending like this guy is some james bond who is a like i guess a spy or something trying to jam police communications and then fell to hurt his head for no reason i don't know it's crazy i just feel like this cuts kind of to chase this is like uh we've you know we've gotten used to this kind of like violence and this portrayal of things um like frogs getting you know slowly warmed up in a pan so that we don't notice that we're boiling uh mostly because we watched this on tv as kids in the 80s and 90s so yeah i just have a lot of feels this week our next ear buddy is Jacques, who brings Dead Prez police
1: state. I wanna be free to live, able to have what I need to live. Bring the power back to the street where the people live. We sick of working for crumbs and filling up the prisons, dying over money and relying on religion for help. We do for self like ants in a colony. Organize the wealth into a socialist economy. A way of life based off the common needs. And all my comrades are ready, we just spread the seed. Yeah, Blackmail live a third of his life in a jail cell the world is controlled by the white man, and the people don't never get justice, and the women don't never get respected, and the problems don't never get solved, and the jobs don't never pay enough, so the rent
0: always be late, can you relate? No more bondage, no more political monsters, no more secret space launches. Government departments started it in the projects, material objects, thousands up in the closets. Could have been invested in the future for my comrades. Battle contacts, primitive weapons out in combat. Many never come back. Pretty niggas be running with gas. Rabbit get shot in their back and fire back.
2: In addition to listening closely to the song, I would like everyone to find out more about the Black Panthers movement to bring health care to everyone because the prez uh they were actually very influenced by the black panther movement and i thought that was a super interesting um fact
3: yeah definitely dead dead prez are legends of political hip-hop uh the chorus of this song is such a perfect distillation of the ways in which racism still permeates our culture Uh, black neighborhoods are over policed black perpetrators are overcharged in comparison to white perpetrators of the same crimes so black men live a third of their life in jail. True racial justice is never achieved. You know, black women continue to be subjugated. The jobs never pay you enough so that the rent is always late. It creates this vicious cycle where, where people turn to crime because, you know, it becomes the only viable means of pulling yourself out of the mire. And our government spends inordinate amounts of money on the military and, and policing rather than investing in education and community programs that have been proven to lower crime rates and improve graduation rates. So police and government just keep pointing at a problem, ignoring the true source and attempt to treat the symptoms rather than the disease. And simply put, that shit just has to stop. You know, we got to defund the militar- militarization of the police, invest in people, invest in education, invest in restorative justice and rehabilitation instead of like retributive justice and, and systematic recidivism. We have to invest in the people, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, have you uh, seen any of the commentary about the 13th Amendment lately?
3: I haven't seen a whole, whole lot about it. I know, um, you know, there's a, a documentary on Netflix called The 13th that has a lot to say. I haven't gotten around to watching it yet.
2: Yeah, essentially what it's saying is, like, if you read the 13th Amendment, it says that it's perfectly fine to um, force uh, have forced free labor for people who have committed crimes. So slavery still exists in the U.S. because... We have those privatized prisons that are forcing people to work for free so we still are benefiting from essentially black slavery you know to make license plates and couches and stuff like that so we still are living in a world where our country is still basically built uh or our economy is based off of you know slavery so yeah just just an interesting thing to note um raven she uh raven brings body counts Civil war.
0: They don't care about nothing. Just personal gain. These politicians wouldn't mind a war, motherfucking pain.
1: Cops are killing people and never do time. And who we're killing each other
0: like that ain't no crime. I'm feeling the tension. Don't tell me you don't. These fools don't get us all killed. Don't
3: talked about Body Count a week or two ago. Uh, we, we heard Ice-T covering a Black Flag song about the police state, and I briefly mentioned the uproar around their debut record, Cop Killer. It uh, came out in the height of, of Tipper Gore's crusade against obscene music. It was uh, you know the beginning of parental advisory stickers on CDs. And so on top of all the like satanic panic against metal music with dark lyrics, they had to contend with Ice-T and his band literally singing about executing police officers. And, you know, to my white friends and family, that may sound brutal and uncalled for. But imagine being iced tea or any other black person, like watching your friends and family literally being killed in the streets, treated unfairly and inhumanely by the people who you were taught should be protecting you. And I think I think you'd also want to find a way to express that anger and resentment as well, you know. Uh, In this song, which was released in 2017, Body Count teams up with Dave Mustaine of Megadeth fame, kick out a jam about the Civil War happening in our country. And it was happening in the 80s when Ice T got his start. And, you know, it was in a huge wave in 1992 with the Rodney King riots when Body Count was carving this, you know, novel path between rap and metal and trying to unite people. And then this song, released only a couple of years ago, shows that the racial divide in this country still as strong as ever, and there's no longer any excuse not to pick a side. You know, this battle has been raging ever since the historical Civil War, and this battle taking place in the streets every day has no end in sight until we face the issues head on.
2: Yeah, and until we realize how uncomfortable they make us, and then just realize that we need to fix it instead of just feeling uncomfortable and being quiet. Right. Um you know, what I really need to start is like an iced tea playlist that is unironic and without references to whatever show he is on. Uh, mm-hmm. This is just some ec- epicness and it's bringing like real talk that I thought was extremely important. And I did have to try to look up the lyrics, but it's hard to look up the lyrics because uh, I think body count might be a a common um metal name and <laughs> Civil War is also a common a common song name, so I couldn't sure. find the exact one. So I had to listen to it multiple times to get like all of it straight. And um yeah, Ice T is really talented. And I think that um whatever the I don't know which dun dun show he's on, but <laughs> I think that it doesn't really show exactly how intelligent Ice T is and how, how what good takes he has on you know current current events and historic events yes, um so. Jenny is our next year but ain't she brings poison ideas id Jenny brings poison ideas the badge
1: <laughs> get off on the side you to serve the detect but get to kill it that's where that's brilliant let on the street what's the guy do you like to see his children
2: I'm going to rip directly from an Atlantic article by Connor Freersdorf in which he says several studies have found that the romantic partners of police officers sum- uh, suffered domestic abuse at rates significantly higher than the general population. And while all partner abuse is unacceptable is especially problematic when domestic abusers are literally the people that battered and abused women are supposed to call for help. If there's any job that domestic abuse should disqualify a person from holding, isn't it the one job that gives you a, lethal weapon trains you to stalk people without their noticing and relies on your judgment uh, and discretion to protect against uh protect the abused against domestic abusers so i don't care if you personally know a good cop um they are all was it it's a one bad apple spoils the bunch and you know we have to hold even the good cops accountable for what is happening you don't hear about uh, bad apples in doctors nursing cnas pharmacists because we are licensed people and if we screw up if we're a bad apple we lose that right and we generally go to prison so i just i just expect for a group of people that have been systematically called heroes to be held to the same accountable like means maybe there should be licenses for being police officers because i certainly think that there be less bs and we do need to get rid of qualified immunity look it up it's really messed up
3: yeah definitely so um poison idea just make you want to fight somebody like that song is just so massive and pissed off and the music alone makes me want to riot uh, lyrically, though, they're, they're taking police to task and essentially enumerating the reasons why people are standing behind the all-cops-or-bastards ideology. Uh, police officers are more likely to be domestic abusers. Police officers receive very little training in the psychological element of their job other than learning to use excessive force and intimidation to elicit compliance. Uh, police swear to uphold and enforce the law, and in a nation built on a lot of unfair and discriminatory laws and, and racially motivated law enforcement tactics, to sign up to be a police officer is to sign up to enforce those abhorrent laws and tactics and reform and changes from within do not work we've tried them so if you knowingly and willingly sign up to enforce laws that specifically target and harm underprivileged citizens you're a bastard simple as that <laughs> if, if you want to make a real change turn in your badge and work for real reform
2: yeah and maybe get like a degree in social work and start working towards that being our first line as opposed to uh over-policing the marginalized people who most likely will end up in jail instead of getting the help they'll need.
3: I'm with you.
2: Yep. Uh, Jeremiah is our next year buddy who brings Saul Williams' list of demands. We somebody Try free somebody I was fortunate to discover Saul Williams' poetry randomly at Books A Million, and I hadn't really purely delved into his music, but I feel like this is, like, a good start. I find his poetry and songwriting just as poignant as I used to, and the past two weeks have forced us as a nation to actually engage with a lot of uncomfortable feels, which so many folks have had to live as their daily struggle. And I feel like this is, I think Saul Williams is very good at, like, putting words to that.
3: Yeah, definitely so. Um, you know, surprisingly, I haven't listened to much Saul Williams, but that's certainly about to change. Uh, I love the music, the musical element here. It's very experimental in the realm of hip-hop, almost drawing more from like industrial and electronic music than traditional hip-hop beats. And the vocal delivery is also very emotional and emphatic. And although the lyrics themselves are sort of antagonistic and fed up, uh, the delivery is very matter-of-fact. They aren't lashing out in anger. Instead, it's like this solid union of voices who are reaching that critical mass where they no longer need to resort to anger and violence to prove their point. You know, he, he wants anyone who hears this song to hit the streets and sing and chant and drum until the enemy has no choice but to listen. And, you know, they're hoping and calling for a community of people to rise up in great enough numbers that we won't need to make revolution by force and fighting. We'll make revolution through solidarity and unimpeachable numbers. And, you know, I'm not going to completely reject certain revolutionary tactics because I'm with Malcolm X that at a certain point, at a certain point, the goal has to be achieved by any means necessary. But I think everyone on both sides of the fence would much rather the end of white supremacy come at the hands of white folks acknowledging the problem and, and working with people of color to fix it rather than resort to violence and civil unrest.
2: Yeah. And I think that a, a lot of that has come out. um, a lot of the uh, BS talking points found on certain very biased news sites um, is talking about, well, why can't they do stuff peacefully? Uh, I'm sorry. Colin Kaepernick was doing stuff peacefully. And I believe um, many of the marches that uh, MLK was involved with started out peacefully until the police, you know, overreacted and started breaking heads. So, you know, just saying. Sometimes stuff resorts to violence. Um Robert brings Havoc's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. says, liberty or death, apparently many need a reminder of what that truly means, where we came from, and the fundamental ideas that birth demos- democracy. This is truly spot on, except uh, libertarian themes and me don't really get uh, along because some rules and regulations ban discrimination of people under normal c- circumstances. You know, like under a prior administration that, you know, fought to have people get freaking wedding cakes But, yeah, this is one of those situations where our actual government is seeking to silence First Amendment rights and, like, vaguely and overtly raceless militias that so love that Second Amendment don't seem to be wanting to rise up to help the folks that are actually being oppressed. They're only worried about, you know, that Second Amendment. But I believe that well-regulated militia thing was supposed to protect those First Amendment rights. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of all the white people music one could use to effectively express that like rightful rage felt by American citizens, thrash and hardcore probably the most viscerally <laughs> affecting. Uh, the lyrics are acerbic and to the point, and the music makes you want to get angry and do some shit about it. Um, You know, we don't have enough of that in white culture. Music is an expression of emotion, but it can also represent that call to action. And, you know, music has been used historically to raise morale within an army. And now more than ever, I think white folks need that call to action to kind of shake them from their slumbers and, and get them out of their echo chambers and into the fray of the movement, whether that means joining the protests or or writing books and essays and songs and poems or if that means championing black workers in your profession or promoting black causes like you don't have to be front and center getting tased and tear gassed but we all bear responsibility to do something to educate ourselves and to dismantle the systemic oppression and put a stop to the systematic erasure of human rights.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be done within like most um, most lines of work too. So if you work in healthcare, make sure that you are taking care of those marginalized people and not falling victim to that systemic racism that has happened in healthcare. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we have. Women of color are dying at inordinate ordinate amounts uh, or at norm, I can't speak, higher rates um, because. They aren't getting the fair treatment that they should be getting, and nobody believes when they say that they're hurting, or nobody believes what they're saying. So, mm-hmm. even in healthcare, we can make a difference. In manufacturing, stand up for your coworkers that aren't getting, you know, the same pay as you, or aren't getting the same rights as you. Like if they're late one time, do they get fired, or do they get treated like a normal human being who sometimes is late? You know, stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our next ear buddy is Jesse, who brings Algiers dispossession.
1: In a And a sound made, of and a fate made of We are the, blade the that come together We are the, rain the fire coming down away, away, away.
3: Man that song gave me goosebumps Like it's such a powerful sound with like the emotional and exasperated lead vocals and the chorus of background vocals reminding us that we can't run away from the problems that we're facing You know, black people can't turn their head and ignore the injustices that face them every day just from trying to exist. White folks can't run away either, disappearing into the suburbs and trying to escape the social unrest that they themselves are the root cause of. You know, America was dispossessed from the indigenous populations that lived here before we came along. And now white folks are scared that the nation that they stole and built on the backs of blacks and other underprivileged minorities may be dispossessed from them and they can't run away. And you know the movement continues to grow, and the time is drawing near for a dramatic shift in power dynamics that that dictate who who gets a quality of life in this country and indeed around the world so I think uh this is a pretty poignant song talking about the way that we dispossess this land, and now the white man is is so terrified of of having that dispossessed from them,
2: yeah. I think that the release of this song in January 2020, months before we were on a global lockdown and the breaking point of George Floyd's murder, really shows that this has been a problem that has existed for quite some time since the beginning of this country. And we can't run away from the actual facing the inequalities in this country. And I'm hoping that we stop trying to because, as you said, people run to the suburbs so they don't have to deal with the problems of, you know, everybody just because they're like, oh. I don't want to deal with this, so I'm going to move away. But we can't really move away because, I mean, we're a globalized society now. And luckily, I think you can't turn away anymore. We're, like, forced mm-hmm. to look at our own history and realize how messed up it is. Our final song this week is brought to us by Lauren, who brought Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come.
0: I go to the movie and I go down.
2: It's been a long fucking time of coming and I truly want to work towards that change coming instead of being complacent with my own white privilege. And I think that's the most I could say. And I think that this is like the most perfect song to finish up our ear buddies because I mean, it's just perfect.
3: Yeah. I wanted to put this one last in the ear section to kind of leave us on both that reflective note, but also feeling a little hopeful. Uh, the song was released in 1964 and Sam Cook Sam Cook was optimistic that a change was coming. And 56 years later, that change still hasn't fully come through. But, you know, the movement continues to grow. and, And it's so hard to judge in real time But as older generations die out, we can hope to see people being more open-minded and and less prejudiced and more willing to fight for the change. And I even had a similar conversation with a a well-meaning guy on Facebook who said something along the lines of, you know, racism seems isolated mostly to the 35 and over demographic. So that's a good indicator that the world's becoming less racist. And I said to them, you know, I certainly remain hopeful that that's the case and that, you know, people in my own age group are less racist, but unfortunately, I do still meet plenty of racists in my own demographic. And unfortunately, even if racism truly was isolated to the 35 and up crowd, those are the people in power perpetuating the racist laws, discriminating, you know, uh, in, in their enforcement practices. So the fight is far from over, but despite all the mounting evidence to the contrary, uh, I just have to stand in hope with Sam Cook. The change is going to come, and we have to be willing to do all that we can to help bring it in.
2: Yeah, and that even means like looking at ourselves because we are, you know, we are products of like, essentially, you know, white being white. Uh, we we have white privilege, so we've had comfortableness. And even with the 35 and under demographics, I just feel like. I meet plenty of people my own age who are like, white privilege isn't a thing, or I don't see why they're being violent, but it all depends on what media you consume and who you're listening to. Um, Yeah, which this is, you know, this is where we go into how to contact us, and I feel like this is extremely important. Uh, So if you feel like you need to voice and tell us more about what your views of things are, like, definitely, I'm totally open to be tweeting at, and you can tweet at Mitchell,
3: I'm at Pow I Gotcha.
2: I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at E and D Pod, uh, the Facebook group. Which I feel like once we post this, I really want like a big discussion group under this like particular show because yeah, we have to sit and listen and like talk so that we can come together. Um, earbuds and Airworms Podcast Group, and the voicemail line is.
3: 731-400-BUDS, or
2: 731-400-2837. You can email the show, andypod at gmail.com, and you can always check out the show online, which eventually I'll learn how the internet works, andypod.com, part of the 10710 network. Uh, What is our final song this week?
3: I'm going to leave us with Solomon Burke and his song, None of Us Are Free." Um, You know, like like you said earlier, we did add a few extra songs into the mix this week, and we've kind of hinted at our own soapboxes enough on this episode. So I just kind of want to leave everyone with one of my favorite songs from Preacher and soul singer Solomon Burke. It's as simple as this. There are still voices crying out in hurt and subjugation, no matter how much progress we've made in the last hundred years. And it'd be unfair to say that there's been none. But no matter how much shit changes, none of us are free as long as some of us remain in chains. So, this week we'll leave you with a, sol- a solemn but hopeful note from Solomon Burke in his brilliant and timely song, None of Us Are Free.
0: Well, you better listen, my sisters and brothers, because if you do, you can hear their voices still calling. And they're all crying across the ocean. And they're crying across the land. And they will, too, we all come to understand. None of us are free. None of us are free. None of us are free. One of us is changed. None of us are free. And they're peace in darkness and they just can't see the light if you don't say it's wrong then that says it's right we got to try to feel for each other let our brothers know that we care we got to get the message send it out loud. Go see what I say. Cause the world is getting smaller each passing day. Passing day. Now it's time to start making changes. And it's time for us all to realize that the truth is shining bright right before our eyes. Before our eyes. None of us are free. None of us are free. None of us are free free, one of us is changed, none of us are